It's Saturday night, so you already know what time it is. Sideline Junkies wrestling episode. One thing. So it's me, KG, right beside the man, the myth, the icon, the showstopper, the franchise, the business, the Don. I'm gonna have to build you up one week. Dang man, you keep making well, it I'm, harder and harder to follow that. Well, I, I'm 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 the world's greatest hype man. I, that's what I can do. I can hype you up. I can get you ready. Shoot, I was waiting for Sting to come out. Like, where the hit the music? <laughs> hit the music. That's the only thing we're missing. <laughs> we gotta get that theme music thing. Yeah, down. We'll, we'll do Mo- that one day. Most definitely. Oh man, week, it's man. been what a week. A hell of a week. I tell me what you want to start at because I I got a I got a lot of notes. I got a lot of things I wasn't too happy with. Oh, I'm scared to hear about that. So, um, but I figured might as well start in chronological order with uh, Raw emanating from good old Philadelphia. Sit up. Beautiful cheese cheesesteaks, and and I need some going through with uh, withdrawal. Been a while, but uh, yeah, Raw it was. I'm just gonna put it out there, not as hype as SmackDown, but it had some good moments. Uh, we'll just go down uh, the list of some of the things that really jumped out um, for Raw. And the first one is, I guess, really the, the theme of the night. And I would call it, uh, at least I have called it, the Dean Ambrose saga. <laughs> Started off the show with Braun, Drew, and, and Dolph. Uh, cutting a promo about Dean again, and that that laid down the foundation uh, how everything was going to go down. You know, because only Roman and Seth came out, and where was the Dean Ambrose works on Dean time, which I guess is a little bit earlier than CP time apparently. <laughs> so he sh- <laughs> he showed up earlier in the show. I was like, well, okay, I guess you know he shows up, so he's not on CP time. He is on lunatic Dean time. Uh, but it was a lot of, you know, in my opinion, with the Dean Ambrose saga, a lot of Dean comes in or somebody comes in or, oops, we accidentally bumped into each other and now we got some friction and maybe there's going to be a rift, maybe there's not going to be a rift. The shield is tight. The shield's not tight. It was, it was a lot of pancake laying on that. You're welcome, um, New Day, for that one. But it was a lot of, a lot of pancake layering, just laying, which I thought was cool because it, it told that story throughout the entire show. But, you know, you tell me what you thought of it. I mean, it was was okay. You know, that whole that whole saga, I I, I texted you and I said, you know, I thought it was something going on between Braun, Dolph, and Drew. I wasn't really looking at the Shield because I know they're trying to build something up there. So I really wasn't looking at that. I was looking at this whole Braun and him yelling at at, at Dolph, and uh, I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Which was a good promo for Braun. I was happy to see that. It flowed well. He had the good timing. Um, you know, get these hands came out, and the crowd popped at the same time. That was perfectly scripted and, and played out, and it looked spot on. And I was like, okay, I got the good impression from Braun. He did his, he did his role on Monday night culminating with him slamming the crap out of Dolph Ziggler 
but then on the flip side, getting a hell kicked out of him from a Claymore by Drew. So we're still trying to figure out what the heck is going on with that saga while we got Dean Ambrose over here being the quote-unquote lunatic on the fringe of leaving the Shield, not staying with the Shield, not figuring out what's going on. So we got two combustible sides trying to figure out are they cohesive units or not. And then they're supposed to still be pitted against each other at the same time. So it's, it's, it's interesting on how they layer that, but it made for good TV. So in my opinion, I think it was, it was a good payoff on the way it was uh, booked and, and, and laid out for Monday in reference to the Braun and, and Dolph and uh, Drew saga and the, the Dean Ambrose saga. And it was like watching a soap opera, really, that was just played out in between everybody else's matches. True indeed. Something that really got me hyped, like seriously hyped, was watching the old school boiler room promo from Taker and Kane. I was like, yeah, that's what we're missing. Some of that good old school theme lighting, and you had the shadow thing, and they played it up, and they were talking, going back and forth with each other, giving the looks, the pauses. It was like old times. It was like, man, we back in the 90s? Already? Is, is it attitude? Did I did I miss something? Is this a rewind? Am I watching a network and not USA right now? What, what's happening? So I was I marked out for that man. I was like that is that was worth it right there. Mm. See, I was talking to uh, BJ early in the week, and he's we were talking. He was saying, you know, when is it really time for Undertaker to? Just say, you know what? I'm going to ride off into the sunset. I'm going to take my Jared Tall and I'm done. But when he had the top like this and he gets such a pop, he, you, he can just come on screen and not say anything. And the roof blows off every time. Mm-hmm. And as long yeah, as he gets that, that right, as he gets that pop, he's never going anywhere. You, you yeah, go ahead and say goodbye. He's in that same situation, in my opinion, with Hogan. It's such a viable character that it needs to be a larger-than-life character to take it and run with it. We had that, you know, in that Goldberg-Brock Lesnar situation. If Brock would have went off into the sunset, never came back, Goldberg would have been that larger-than-life character that could have taken it and ran with it if Goldberg wanted to continue. Uh, Brock Lesnar, if he was full-time, could take could have taken the ball from the twenty one and one and you know let that go and Taker could have rode off into the sunset like Shawn Michaels and they had just did fan access and and some hype of stuff leading to WrestleMania. But with Cena gone somewhere else, AJ on SmackDown, there's nobody that can take that mantle and relieve it from Taker. There's just nobody there. The only person that I still think booking-wise that has that potential is Bray Wyatt. But I haven't seen Bray and uh, May Moon since Matt Hardy left. So I guess they're repackaging or trying to figure out, is Bray going back to old school? What's going to happen? Are we possibly going to go Brother Nero? What is really happening and how that's going to play out? But there has to be somebody to take the mantle from uh, Taker. Well... Had John Cena technically to take that 
and run with it and be that forerunner and that, that character that would catapult into the, the future years. So that uh, Cena replaced Hogan in that aspect. But there's nobody, in my opinion, you could tell me if you can think of somebody that can, you know, be that ominous force that walks out and commands that attention without saying a word. Uh, <laughs> it's funny you say Bray Wyatt. I'm not sure if you're following him on Twitter. And the 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 tweets is something dark coming from Bray. And when I say dark, I'm talking Papa Shango, Undertaker, Kane, dark. And it's coming. And when it hits, I think that'll be right what you need. Because if you follow him on Twitter, the buildup is there. It's a small buildup right now. But when the build when it builds and it crests and it pops, nobody's going to expect it and you're gonna love it. But as far as somebody to take over for the Undertaker in that role and in the meantime, Randy Orton. Really? Randy and Orton. I'm I'm a Randy fan, but Randy's not that big, man. Yeah, I, but you know, I I, I, I see Randy, but we talk about you versus Taker, in my opinion. I don't see the, the the parallel line right there. I mean, Randy is up there, future Hall of Famer, you know, as Jim Ross would say, blue chipper. But um, <laughs> I, I don't I don't see it. I'm gonna have to disagree on that one, man. I, the only reason why I say Randy because of number one, the pedigree, and third generation athlete um, knows the business. I mean, he, Cowboy Bob Wooden. That's he was on the road with good old nature boy Ric Flair, Triple H. So he knows the business, and I think if given the chance, he can put SmackDown at least on his back and carry it. Because everybody's everybody loves to see him wrestle. That's one thing you can't guarantee. But he's just not getting that straight push that you would expect. But he has this I like uh, the Apex Predator, the Viper. When he was, when you know he can go dark and really, really say, "Okay, hold on, is this real?" And he's been doing that lately with the what he did to Jeff Hardy. Uh, what was that? Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. Uh, just and then uh, his first match after Hell in a Cell on SmackDown. I can't, I'm trying to remember who he was wrestling. He took his finger. And he put it through the turnbuckle, through the uh, the loop in the turnbuckle, and he started bending it back against the metal. Like, you don't see that. I'm, you're like, what in the world? Is this guy crazy? What, what are you doing? Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, yeah, yeah, do it, do it, do it. Break it, break it, break it. <laughs> but that's why I say Randy, because Randy got that dark side. We'll see. I thought my, my pick is Bray. But that? if they do Bray... And, you know, the difference that I see between Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt is Bray Wyatt has been given the blessing to come off the dome and build his character. You know, what he's writing to say and and to present to the WWE Universe is not being written. It's coming from him. And and he's getting still some checks about from Triple H and, and, you know, Vince and, and some of the road agents. But you know, for the most part, he's almost on that Stone Cold Steve Austin rock level where they could just give the mic, set it up, and then he could just go ahead and do what he needs to do and, and promote that um, and, and be that, 
that ominous force. Now, he's still got a little bit of work to do, but I think in order for that to happen, they've got to let him push the envelope of PG. Mm. They got to get, and I say it, you know, the past couple weeks and before, you're on a USA network where, and granted, that was a couple good episodes last week of Law and Order, but in comparison to what the WWE is showing, Law and Order is like South Parkish rated R <laughs> versus, you know, what you can see on Saturday morning cartoons a little bit um, on the WWE side of things. Not saying it's cartoony, but I'm saying in comparison to Law and Order. So Bray Wyatt can push the envelope a little bit more into the Law and Order side, which Law and Order still gets plenty of sponsors. So it's not like it's a money issue in that aspect. It's a building issue and it's a, a branding and a growth issue. And if they just let it be and let him ride that line as close as he can without them feeling too uncomfortable, I think that will be the catalyst for, like you said, some amazing TV and we'll just have to see. And, and in that instance, I would love to see the Wyatts come back together. Braun can still be on the outside because he's, he's building himself as an individual, but um, uh, the, the Bludgeon Brothers need to come back. And then I would also like to see as a fifth Wyatt, true family, and that be Bo Dallas, even though he's on the B team, he needs to get kidnapped, I guess, is the, probably the way I would script it out, uh, by Bray. And then it would be almost like the Stardust on Goldust type of thing and uh, where uh, Bray is like, you know our lineage. You're not a, a B team player. You're a rotunda. And just because you're a rotunda, you understand his business. And then you take it from there to, now let me tell you what's really going to happen. And then, you know, the, the, the blink out and all that stuff and the fireflies. And next thing you know, he, he comes back as baby Wyatt. Kind of, kind of, sort of like uh, back in the Attitude Era when uh, Undertaker kidnapped uh, Mabel. He kidnapped yep. Phineas Godwin and re- mm-hmm. re- renamed him uh, Viscera and Midian. Yep. And then, you know, built the Acolytes and all that stuff. Yeah. You could, you could run that storyline a second time with Bray Wyatt, and Bray can cut promos that would still be so unique that, you know, come on, man, how many times have you been watching Bray Wyatt? You don't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> but it's just so hardcore. You're like, yo, that's dope. That is really sick. What the hell is he saying again? I totally missed half of that because he didn't almost go on Ultimate Warrior talking about spaceships and stuff. But, you know – He's doing what he needs to do, and it's awesome on what he can do when he's allowed to do it. So, like I said, I just think that Bray Wyatt could be the one. But until that time, you're going to have to have Taker popping in once in a while, if not for a Mania match or something, just to, to, to keep his, and I know it's going to sound crazy, to keep his brand alive. Mm. I agree with you wholeheartedly there. But keeping our fingers crossed, because NXT – as I'm thinking about it, has somebody that could potentially down the road get there and then Alistair Black. So we'll, we'll see how that can play out as well. So they've got some stuff in there. And Randy, or- Randy Orton has a protege and Tommaso Ciampa. So you can see some similarities starting to come up from the NXT side of things that will down the road, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10 years down the road, be replacing some of these veterans 
that are getting a little long in the tooth and want to start working lesser and lesser dates. Well, that, of, that always happens. Speaking of veterans and people that uh, are coming back, my girl Tamina came back. And I know you didn't like probably what was happening because two of your boos was in the same match tagging together. Ember and Naya. Yeah, man. Tamina and a really good-looking performance-wise, Dana Brooke. I was happy to see Tamina back, mostly, a little bit selfishly, because of People's Choice Dawn Rodriguez is using her theme song as the anchor for his entrance in WWE 2K19. <laughs> but that she, since we don't have an awesome Kong, looked really good as a force to go up against Nia Jax, which they haven't really had anybody that can butt heads with Nia on that level of height and presence. Because looking at Nia, she made Ember Moon look like Drake Maverick. You know, yes. when he's walking out with the AOP, it's like, golly, how short is this girl now? Mm-hmm. You know, she, she put per perspective in the play in front of the camera, which you really don't want to have if they're facing each other because it becomes not believable. It's like Big Show versus Rey Mysterio. You know, really, really, Ray, how'd you beat Big Show? Come on now. That's one big slap on the chest. One, two, three, you're done. So, let, <laughs> you know, it, it, it doesn't become believable from a fantasy imagination standpoint. But to see Tamina, and even though, you know, she's a little bit ring rusty, you can tell, because she hasn't had a lot. But, it, I mean, she did a great job. You know, she almost a couple times looked like her dad with the headbutt. She had it spot on the way she was laying those headbutts down. So, I mean, I was marking out for Samoa at that point. But uh, when, when she did the, the Samoan drop, um, that, that was epic. And I think that could set up some things. And I wish she wasn't injured when Naya was with Alexa because that would have been a great setup as well as, you know, good bodyguard for whomever against Alexa and Naya. But seeing where they take that is going to be very interesting. I wouldn't mind seeing them in a Samoan-themed match of some kind, and then they would just go at it one-on-one. But they would have to do, like we talked about last week, put that work in on the road, on the dark matches, and, and stuff like that in order to make it smooth, especially if they slide that in the, the Evolution pay-per-view. Right. If not, you know, it could be a mania match or something like that. But I think that has some strong potential. And I think Ember against uh, Dana Brooke has some strong potential as well. You, you know what? When I seen that, that's the first thing I thought. So that once again, that's part of you rubbing off on me because I seen something Samoan going on there with Nia Jax and Tamina. Uh well, no matter how you slice it, cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I see something going on there. But, but I, I'm not saying that I see. Now, I've seen it two different ways. I've seen it as if you could, you know, it works out. Tamina gets the ring rust off. I think her performing at Evolution is a little too soon because we're only, what, a couple weeks away? Next a Sunday. week away? Next Sunday. So it's. I think that's a little too soon. But just the lead up and kind of teasing it. Throw a Brahma bull rope match in there. A Ooh. woman's Brahma bull rope match. Mm. Mm. 
But sir, yes, sir. You have, you know, Dana Brooke on the outside. You got Ember Moon on the outside. They join back and forth. One tries to ju- jump in. Let's say Dana Brooke tries to jump in. Ember Moon takes her out. You know, you got a lot going on. It's a lot that you can do with that, but you have to jump on it and strike by the iron is hot. And it's hot right now. I agree. I agree because the, the pop that Tavina got was solid. And Naya is getting a good pop as well, even though I would rather her go heel because, I mean, she's a beautiful woman. But when she came out and her whole gimmick of the entrance was the stone cold face and all you had was the eyes going back and forth is looking and then she walks down. Mm. Now, you know, with the smiling and stuff, I know it sounds weird, but she's not as menacing. You know what? Absolutely agree. Because it's just... This is this is like ninth level creepy, but at one point in time on my screensaver on my phone, I had just her eyes, and then I had a gif of her coming down, the eyes looking back and forth, and that's I think that's the most beautifulest thing. <laughs> on a, uh, just oh my god, her eyes. You're a stalker, man. You're a stalker, man. What's wrong I, with you? I will be. I will, I am a Nia Jax stan. I'll be that. But oh my God, I, I know we jumping off subject, but her eyes and when she does that, my heart is smiling right now. I think I better. Oh shoot! I thought my wife just walked up. Look, <laughs> <laughs> like, man, just, just go ahead and get the divorce and just, you know, baby, I ain't coming back. <laughs> Take that road trip down to Florida, man. I'll drive you. Oh my God, I love me some Nia Jackson. I, I, and simple fact, she's teamed up with Ember Moon now. It's like I said, so much you can do there, but. Yeah. There's so much you can throw in there to, you know, just kind of accentuate it. I'm not going to say build it because them four right there can build it, but it's so much you can throw in there to accentuate it. You know, you could throw other uh, 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 storylines into there to kind of like, you know, be peripheral and then it, everything comes together for one big all-out brawl. It's a lot you can do there. I agree. I agree. This could be what they are dragging out, making it, to me, kind of a little bit more annoying side of, of that, that, that scenario with um, uh, the glorious ones, I guess we'll call it that, uh, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode against uh, the Ascension, you know, having them wrestle over and over and over, you know, that, that's, that's the road matches. It's supposed to be in the finality. Finale is what we have on live television. But on the side with these ladies, I could see them having things go back and forth that could lead to a traditional women's Survivor Series match. You know, it could be Nia versus Dana and then Tamina interferes or Tamina versus Ember and Nia interferes. And then you could play off that, which would ultimately lead to all four of them just coming together and battling at the same time with two other ladies. And that would get a free, easy in for a women's Survivor Series match. And this is actually has, from the women's um, evolutionary story hierarchy, this could be a good mid-card storyline for just a women's show. You know, where are we building with that? Tamina's coming back, and Nia's the immovable force, and Tamina can move any force, and that's the, the big friction right there. We're talking a, a Braun versus uh, a Brock Lesnar-esque type of thing on a lady's side, because they don't have it anywhere else that you can shake it, but just those two coming together and, and battling like that. So I would love to see more 
storyline with that being built, and, and and hopefully it'll have a good ending. You know something that I, that should come out of this, and I really hope it does, because not only this, uh, you have other women that are teaming together with uh, each other, and something that should come out of this, and it should come out of Evolution, a women's tag team championship, a women's television title u.s title something because these women it can only be where though i didn't talk about it the past couple weeks women's show will or has to happen and then you could give it but this is the thing you have everything you need but these women are fighting over two belts it's not like oh well you know it's just the women all right let me go to the bathroom real quick no you're sitting there because they're putting on a show they're telling a show with their actions they're telling a story i mean with their actions and but they're battling over the Raw Women's Championship, the SmackDown Women's Championship. Come, you got to give me something else. I mean, right. I, I feel the same way with the men. I, I would add another belt. You got the light heavyweight championship. You got the U.S. title. You got the Intercontinental title. Give me a television title. Something that's only defended. It's truly only defended on t- on TV. Give me a, give me a women's tag team championship. Give me two sets of uh, uh, two sets of those, one for Raw, one for, one for SmackDown. Or if you really want to be bold, start having them jump ship. If you're the champion again, where you can go and you you can go on SmackDown and cause trouble, defend your title against whoever jump out there. But some people say Supreme Championship. You have the you know the the SmackDown and Raw Women's Championship uh, and perspective, but then you will have the Supreme Championship. And that champion would be able to transfer back and forth. So that way it's just another higher tier. But I agree, you know, everything is going to come through evolution. And if the people are listening, I've said it for the past maybe month at this point, but watch it within the first 24 hours to make sure that they get the capture rate that they need to justify uh, a full-on hour show on the WWE Network every week which would probably air on Thursday since they've got Monday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday lockdown. They just added the UK, and now, you know, Thursday would be that. Mm. God, I, I hope I hope they are listening. That's all I'm saying. I hope they are listening because just to think what the women's division is right now on both sides, you can't, you can't go wrong. You got talent. You got the bodies, and when I say bodies, I'm not being sexist. I mean, you actually have physical bodies. Like, you have people that can actually wrestle. You don't have women that's jumping back and forth. They're strictly there, and they're wrestling. And mm-hmm. I just, uh, I want to see It's fresh. Yeah. It's still new. And, and even though they can run the same typical storyline, but it's in a new perspective, and it's new. So you're not watching the wash, rinse, repeat type of storytelling. You you just got something new, something intangible that's in the air that the women can only provide. And then you've got the lineage, which they could also, I guess we're getting off on a tangent on this, might as well go in. The uh, lineage that they can pull off of, you know, from Charlotte uh, forming her own four horsewomen for real. And then they run and try to dominate. And traditional fashion. Nobody's going to be like, oh, but Nate did it. No, because Charlotte has been putting in the work 
and she can hold and carry the title because of her performance. You could have Natalia bring in some Canadian women and finally recreate the Hart Foundation that will never be recreated on the men's side. Uh-huh. So, you know, Natalia can bring some stuff in. You've got Sasha Banks, who can really tap into her family lineage with Snoop, and she can kind of do the aces and eights or the evolution or, or something that, that's going on, that type of thing. Um, you can have Bailey go true heel and become an NWO-esque type of thing, or, you know, and she could band with some, some other females. There's so much that can be done that you can pull in and, and really create some amazing things from new perspectives. It would be amazing. And then we still would love to have an ominous force. I mean, Lord knows I wish, I wish, I wish Awesome Kong could come back because there was nobody else that was, in my opinion, um, as close to uh, a force and a presence as the Undertaker on a female side. Now, I know there's a lot of moving and shaking happening in TNA, um, you know, but Awesome Kong was just, she just walked out and she looked like she was going to beat that ass. <laughs> there was no question about it. And then when she gave the looks and expressions on her face, oh my God, I thought she was going to kill Gail Kim several times over, you know? And then even when she came to the WWE for that, that brief stint, I was like, oh my God, she's going to kill half the roster. And we weren't even in the, the, the evolution and, and all that stuff of the women's division yet. So if she would have came over now, Oh my God, Nia will get destroyed. I'm sorry, man, but Nia will get destroyed, and that would put Nia really about five steps back in the hierarchy because Kong had that presence. And if you could find something like that, a tall female or something, somebody could come in and just be that that presence, that big woman, and really just put that beating down. Oh my God, the women's division or the women's show would be sick. And then every third pay-per-view will be an all-women show, you, which gives them ample opportunity, old-school style. So that means you got about four months of build, and then you got the pay-per-view. And then that's still intertwining Raw and SmackDown and all that, and the payoff at the pay-per-views will be great. Four months of a story will move on to the next four months. And then, you know, you get intertwine NXTs and invasions, and, and man, that's just so much that could be done with the, the, the women's show and the women's division and the women's titles and characters and, and plots and subplots. You know, you could do a whole Reddit page on that. Oh, my goodness. And speaking of women, and I know that was a lot of uh, talk, let's talk about the biggest moment of the early part of this week with the best written shoot, work, promo, given to Ronda Rousey yet. Because <laughs> she was throwing some jabs out there that if it was a shoot, would have broken Nikki Bella down. Without a doubt, would have broken Nikki Bella down. But because it was a work, Nikki already knew what was going to be said. And the crowd was just going along for the reaction. So they were enjoying a pop from – you know, that perspective. Now, on the Bella side, like, uh, I felt and I saw old school Bella, but I didn't feel how intimidating old school Bella was. And it's not because they were going up against Ronda Rousey. 
It's just they're just getting back into the swing of doing that together again. Because you remember how when the Bells would come out, they would just talk their normal stuff, and you're like, dang, yeah, that Twin Magic is a beast. I don't know how you're going to win this. I'm sorry. I'm at the side with the Bellas on this one because, yeah, they're just going to get it done. But what I was seeing was whoever wrote for or writes for the Iconics was writing for the Bellas at that moment because it was almost an Iconics promo. And I was just waiting for the word Iconic to be thrown out in there. Instead of that, I thought that uh, Nikki's Bella twirl, for lack of a better term, should have happened earlier. And in truth, what should have happened is Nikki should have came out solo and been talking to uh, Ronda one-on-one. And uh, Brie should have came in for the attack at the end. And then they would have beat her down because, you know, while Ronda is focusing on Brie, here comes Nikki, and then he just get the beat down. I thought that would have been a better ending. But then, again, I guess they were going for the over-the-top shock value. And I love Ronda Rousey, not just as an athlete, but also because she's the only person on both shows every single week that visibly has – it's funny because it's like she has an issue with it, but at the same time it's cool from showing how excited she is to be in front of the WWE Universe. Like, <laughs> you know, she had to – you watch – if you go back and watch it, you see – how she mentally has to shut herself down in order to get there because she's loving the interaction and the reaction so much from the crowd that she wants to smile and she wants to be excited, but she can't because she's got to be hardcore. And watching that, you can see the mental struggle happening right there. It's like, oh, man, it's, it's so amazing to see somebody that loves the sport that came over and is respectful, um, you know, when she wipes her feet on a ring before she gets in. I mean, she's doing everything right for just being somebody that's come from an outside world, uh, being MMA into it. But whoever wrote that promo for her did a solid job and need to continue to write that stuff for her without question. Agree. Even though she threw a vicious gut punch with that John Cena line. Yeah, but it was a, it was a work. Yeah. Everybody knew about it. A, a lot of people on Twitter were, oh, man, that was just kind of in poor taste. Why would you bring that up? Uh, you're supposed to. <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about? Bella is money. And let's, let's be honest, without this John Cena controversy, nobody will be watching Total Divas, I'm sorry, Total Bellas, uh, really, this season because you just want to see the behind-the-scenes play out and figure out what happened. Let's, let's just be honest. Outside of the, you know, the, the true Bella fans and diehards, everybody else is like, okay, I need to see where this implosion happened, figure out how this uh, future marriage is no longer happening. Mm-hmm. I need to watch Total Bellas for that because that's the only place you're going to see it. So you got to sell tickets or you got to get people to watch the show and throwing that reminder out there. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. I got to watch Total Bellas. See what happened with that. Got them every single time. And that that's, you know, just uh, the 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 bait being thrown out and then those that bit you reel them in and get them to start watching the show or bring them back to the show but it was a it was a good moment overall just a couple little tweaks i think that could have happened but i was happy with how ronda did it but when ronda turns heel that's going to be exciting that's all i got to say about that i I totally agree with you because i don't know maybe it's from uh 
the Fast and Furious movie she was in, I could see her as a heel. Mm. And I, I can see her just like or the expendables. Uh, bulldozing through everybody. Yep. So And then now I, I gotta I gotta regress and I apologize for those that are listening, but I have to become a guy for a moment. And can I tell you, it was hard for me to concentrate watching the Trish, Lita, uh, Alexis, Mickey promo promoness. Because they was all hot. <laughs> they was all hot. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't pay attention to this. This is sex and E all across the board. You know, tight, stretched pantsy pants and Mickey in the, 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 the V cut and Alexa was just Alexa hot. I mean, like, oh my God. And Lita was her leaderness. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, man. I was, I was like, oh. <laughs> Homer Simpson on that one. Like, thank you. I, I, I took my time to Drew. It's your turn now. Yeah, that was that was hot, man. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm not trying to, I mean, normally I try to be objective and and look at it. That was just hot. Period. So, this upcoming week, the Go Home Show, I want to see some more hotness. Only thing that was missing out of that scenario was Paige. And that would have been a beautiful sandwich. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's a lot of women, surprisingly, that, you know, was just breathtaking on Monday. Uh, so, that, that was pretty awesome. And then the last major thing, uh, we kind of touched on it from Raw. And that was the, the finale or the totality of the Braun uh, and Dean sagas with Dolph Ziggler taking, uh, getting those hands, even though I think get these hands needs to go back to what it was at the beginning and it needs to be the KO punch. And I know Big Show does it, but it really needs to be some hands or uh, some, some type of punch, you know, or strike. Agreed. So it really, so it really plays up because get these hands, but the t-shirt has a slam on it. Like, so am I supposed to get the hands? Or am I getting a slam? Because if I'm getting a slam, I think I'm coming out okay. You know, you know, if I get the hands, that's some big hands. You know, I may get knocked out and have a concussion. So I think they may want to tweak that a little bit and, and find a, a move that is, is, is brawn worthy that, that it can be. I wouldn't be mad if he gave the Russian sickle. We go some old school Nikita Koloff, and you whip that fool into the ropes, and you just choke. The, I mean, just mollywop him, like, pow, you know, choke him to death as you're just driving him down. I mean, something like that, just, just to put that stamp on it. But like we talked about, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out with the, the Dean side and the Shield and Dolph and, and Drew and Braun. Are we going to see, like, some now intertwining fights? And that would – Baron Corbin may do is, you know, have Braun versus uh, Drew so that way they can just get it out of their system and then have Dean versus Seth for the title just to uh, cause some problems. And then Dean wins. And then we see a different layer to what could be happening. I'm the champ now. So you got to listen to me type of thing or you can't tell what to do because I got the belt. Hey, Roman, you may be next, you know, that type of thing. So, it could be played in a couple different ways that would really make some great TV. But let's talk about great TV. Because as cool as all of those moments were on Raw, I have not been more excited 
for a televised live wrestling show in quite some time. And SmackDown won thou, 19 years in the making, from Washington, D.C., and what I want to call the MCI Center, <laughs> was awesome. I had so many markouts from beginning to end of that show. They began it perfect with Truth TV, and it played up well. Mella is money. Mella is hot. Mella is oh, my God. And if Mella uh, is available, I may have to rethink some things. <laughs> Carmella was killing it. Yes. The dance breaks was still perfect. Truth was over. I would say our truth is more over now than he has been, period. That was, it was an amazing segment. And that's before my number one girlfriend, um, Stephanie McMahon, came out <laughs> and played her role. That was before Shane O'Mac came out. And that was before you heard that little riff and no chance hit. And Vince threw it home and took it to a whole other level with um, playing up and talking about dance break. <laughs> Worth it. Worth it. And that's a rare thing for Vince to come out, even for, you know, a 1,000 show. Normally, I think on Raw, he was in the back, uh, popped out for a moment. But it wasn't anything like that. He was just Mr. McMahon. But just to see that level of fun and, and you know, I guess for lack of a better term, letting his hair down and, and that instance was awesome. I would have loved to have seen what happened from live being there to see, you know, before they had the cutout for TV, uh, setting up the next match and everything else that's happening on the 1000 show to just see how much more fun they were having. But I thought that was an awesome moment. What did you think about that segment? I totally enjoyed it, but I was watching Stephanie dance and she was just, uh... say something. I and then I watched say something. I did say something. It's going to be a misunderstanding <laughs> on this podcast tonight, sir. She she just looked like she didn't she wanted to dance, but she was just trying to hold it in. Yeah, she can't let that and out. And I was like, nah, let it. You gotta let that all the way go. It's dance break, baby. You gotta let. No, she go. can't let that go. <laughs> that that mess shut down Triple H. You got hit. How many girls they got? Four. Like no, she. Uh, four. I believe she it's can't four. let that go. Hunter's like, no, <laughs> dog. <laughs> I gotta come out and do a segment. I may not be able to handle myself. You know, you go ahead and let that go, Steph. Come on now. Let's not playing with that. It was great to see. Of course, I'm always happy to see Vince. Always happy to see Mr. McMahon. Uh, great to see Stephanie. Great to see Shane. I was hoping I was going to get a little Linda too, but uh, no, I, one she, of my she's doing the right thing. I mean, she doesn't need to be out there. She was a you know a great add-on piece for a storyline, but for you know, she's still got to separate herself from the pol- political side, um, which I still don't understand how Kane is doing all these matches and, you know, he's a government official now. But um, yeah, I don't think I need her. But what I thought was really, 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 I'm stealing a Miz, really freaking amazing was seeing DC stand up and show what a true crowd is supposed to sound like when Vince came out and they sung No Chance all the way down. Vince hasn't had a pop like that in a long freaking 
time. And I know he had goosebumps. And I know he just wanted to smile. I mean, he couldn't even get his walk out. If you notice, you know, the power walk, he was missing a step because they were just so explosive. You know, I got I get goosebumps now just talking about it when they were, you know, just singing that all the way down. Man, that was the Monday night after WrestleMania level times five. That, that's how hot Vince McMahon was, and rightfully so. And I was, good job, DC. Good freaking job on that, man. That, that, that made the whole night and set everything up, in my opinion, from there. That, that was some electricity in the air. I, I enjoyed that first segment. I really did. I mean, it, it was a great way to kick off the show. And that, that, that sibling rivalry really did it for yeah. me. And, you know, everybody wants to take credit for SmackDown, so. Yeah, but, you know. But when Stephanie called it the B show, I was like, oh, oh, oh wait now. Hold on. Um, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Back up there, little lady. Hold on. Don't, you don't call SmackDown the B show. I agree. But, but what should have been perfect from that moment or after Vince, um, or she, she should have said that, you know, as a rebuttal to Vince, so that way, The Rock could have came. And even with a, a video message pre-recorded that they're playing up like it's live, you know, that type of thing. Because that's the one thing that was missing out that show was The Rock should have had a, 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 a verbal presence over a Twitter page. Uh, mm, I got a list of disappointments, and that is number one on my list. That, that's a check you cut. And I know the WWE cannot afford The Rock. <laughs> if the WWE gets fined, The Rock can pay the fine for anything he says out of his mouth because <laughs> he's that rich. But mm. that's a check you cut, period. If there's anybody before Evolution that should have been on that show, it should have been The Rock, period. Somehow, somewhere. Oh, my God. You don't know how... When I seen the tweet, you don't know how disappointed my heart sank because I'm like, you can't have this, this show. You wouldn't have never had this show if it wasn't for Dwayne Johnson. Or it would be called something else, but SmackDown. Yeah, it would be. It would be SmackDown. And it was always called The Rock Show. Mm-hmm. They probably would have called it The War Zone and just made three hours of Raw and then took the war zone from that and rolled it over to Tuesday or Friday or Thursday or whatever they didn't want to have it on at that point. True indeed. And you know what? So much happened Tuesday night that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. As far as, you know, we all know uh, 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 SmackDown is the rock show. right? But to hear Edge call SmackDown his show. Hold on. Hold, hold on, Adam. <laughs> Chill out right there. Hold up. Well, no, 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 no. You got to let them have that. Come on, let's, let's be honest. The Rock made SmackDown. But Edge was made on SmackDown. Now, think about that. The Rock made SmackDown. But Edge was made on SmackDown. I'd say at least if I had to put out a percentage, 80% of Edge's major moments all happened on a SmackDown storyline that built his character from – where he was with the brood big ups gangrel to, you know, being a rated R superstar, the money in the banks, 
to ladder matches and, and all that stuff. That was a, a SmackDown engine that was running and growing and, and driving that way. So I, I can understand what he's saying. Is if you are if you have issue with that, you also got to think you got to have an issue with AJ Styles. Mm. You know. Okay. Um. You know. I I can't argue. It was just I was like, hold on. But I I I I got you. Speaking of AJ, I'm, I'm, him ver- him and DB Daniel Bryan versus the Usos was uh, <laughs> a good match. I was happy that the Usos won. I was worried that that dual star power would overshadow, but that was a good instance, in my opinion, of um, the storyline taking precedence over the win-loss and playing up the – I mean, you could see it even when Daniel Brown was coming down. He was doing a yes chance and looking at AJ, who was still in his, you know, face that runs the place moment. And – Yes, just took over, don't want none, <laughs> and, and move forward. And you saw that play out through the match. So I thought that was just a great segment, great match overall, well played, great participants. Usos won. They still kept their, their hardcore swagger. And Daniel Bryan and AJ didn't lose anything, but built the next chapter for the story at the same time. So everybody won in that category. We, I think we all did, but I, I was expecting the Usos to actually win that match. I'm not even gonna lie, that that, that was foregone. I, I said something's gonna happen where AJ and and and, and, and uh, Brian they just kind of butt heads, and it happened. Literally, <laughs> it, it, it happened, but that. Double super kick. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. Mm-hmm. That, that right there. That was, that was... Now. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, I watched that again this morning while I was at work. I was at work this morning. And I watched it. And I'm sitting on the 10th level of a rack in a warehouse. And, oh, you can hear me through the whole warehouse because it was empty. And everybody like, did you fall? No, 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 no. I just seen the double super kick from the Usos. Don't worry about it. We good. <laughs> but I loved it. I really did. You know what I would like to see? Because that, that, and what's we would that? have that same moment. They probably would have thought you died. The Usos and their super kicks versus the Young Bucks and their super kicks. Can you imagine a match of those four men kicking the hell out of each other? Woo! Jeez. My God. That wouldn't be a, a, a chin uh, put together anywhere, man. Because all you hear is pow, pow, pow. Probably have Shawn Michaels crying. <laughs> like, why couldn't I do it like that? Please, WWE sign up, Young Buck. Um and Kenny Omega. Yeah, yeah. And Cody Rhodes. And Brandy Rhodes. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> and give Batista a contract because obviously since Guardians isn't coming out, he's kind of free for WrestleMania. We'll get there. <laughs> It's funny you say that. We'll get to that moment because before we get to that moment, that was my man, a holla, 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 that had a, a nice little cameo moment along with some people power and John Laurinaitis with my girlfriend, Paige, and Miss Excuse Me! <laughs> <laughs> that probably still sounds way better than when she says it. Uh, Vicky Guerrero 
um, all had that quick little moment right there. So that was good to see uh, all those past Raw GMs for a quick segment. I would have rather have been out on a, uh, the, the floor where they were in the ring so we could, you know, really get the pops. And I would love to have heard the crowd just really boo Vicky one more time because nobody has garnered more heat in recent WWE history than Vicky Guerrero, period. You know what? I can't think anybody yeah. else. When she came out, think about okay. it, man. The, they were booing her on a level that they were singing Vince's song on a nightly basis. She superseded her lineage of being Eddie's wife, which guaranteed her yeah. cheer, <laughs> you know, to be booed on that level. Even Stephanie gets booed, but when she says the right thing, get a cheer, you know. Vicky got 100% heat all the time. Even Ed said it, you know, as much as he, you know, enjoyed all that, that time that he was spending with Vicky Guerrero, he had to give her props because of how much heat she got. And they don't care about whether you like them or you don't. It's all about the reaction. Did I get the reaction? And for her to get consistent, high-level reaction every single time she came out, and the reason why she had to be so loud is because she had to talk over the crowd. Um, was was amazing, but it was good to see them. And then we go to the evolution of a shoot promo, uh, or the evolution of WWE playing the dozens, or the evolution of let me plant a seed for a match that y'all have been talking about online, but nobody wanted to go ahead and sign, or the evolution of you know, about two and a half weeks ago, nobody called me to come out to uh, be a part of SmackDown 1000, and it's in my hometown. And now I'm on there after the internet started making a buzz. Yeah, or the evolution of, hey, I don't have anything to do because, you know, ain't nobody writing Guardians 3, and we don't know if Drax is dead or not uh, officially because we don't know what's happening in the next Infinity movie. So I've got time. Yeah, that movie's coming out after WrestleMania. So, what are you doing, Hunter? <laughs> after this Undertaker thing. So, yeah, loved it. Randy had his dig, and I thought, oh, man, what the heck is going on? You know, Randy Orton put it out there, like, okay, RKO. I see you you're showing some stuff here. Uh, but then when Batista got the mic and started going through his four things, oh, boy, what he got on Triple H. That's all I gotta say. Yes. I'll let you talk about it from there. Yes. I of course, being from the DMV myself, I was born in Maryland, raised in DC, moved back to Maryland. Of course, I'm a big Batista fan from the same streets I hung out on. So him going into his four things, I I, I don't know. I was looking. And I said, okay, Randy Orton's getting ready to do something. Somebody's getting ready to catch an RKO, whether it be but what Randy Orton said about Batista, you know, he spends more time in a makeup chair than he does inside of the ring. And I was like, ooh. Ooh. Um, um, oh, oh, okay. Damn. <laughs> but he was yeah. right. But then when Batista took the mic and he went down the line and you know, the joke about Ric Flair keeping it in his pants. It's a family show. I loved Absolutely. it. And that, that was real. So, you know, I, I was cool with that. 
But when he told Triple H, you've done everything in this business except beat me. I was like, uh-oh. If Ric Flair, Nature Boy, had not jumped in, I think, I think they would have came to blows right then and there. And Mr. RKO himself would have probably took everybody out. But being, I think Nate being in the ring was the only thing that prevented them from going at it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because there is an opportunity for a, a nice little limited run before Dave has to go and do his media tour and the cons and all that stuff start kicking in. But let's be honest. Why not set up for a Brock versus Batista moment? Why not? What's it going to hurt? Hmm? Why not have a, uh, you know, uh, you might as well just call it a, a Triple H, um, you know, Hall of Fame tour. You got Undertaker he's facing. He's facing Kane. Might as well face Batista. <laughs> might as well throw a couple more people on there. Hogan and them are maybe coming back. Might as well throw them into the loop. Hell, let's just let everybody go in a Triple H. Just starts going on a round robin. Nice little cipher of, of Hall of Famers and, and future Hall of Famers. But and it all it all accumulates with a title run. Yes, yeah. and I, I could see Batista coming back, and, and nobody will really have any issues. And I think it'll be better this time than when he won, and it was really that period you were looking for Daniel Bryan. And they were they were playing, not playing that storyline up properly. I don't know if you remember that, where when he won for Rumble, um, you're like, what? What the hell? No, are you serious? How did he give it to Batista? Nothing against him, but it's like, uh, we could have went a different way here, guys. And the universe, I mean, you know, it's just what was booked um, was not happy with it. Whereas a properly booked one, which he just set up the, the foundation for, could work. And AJ Styles, I mean, everybody on the roster versus Batista uh, will be a, a good moment to see just because, you know, of his, his presence. And you can see he's a lot more lean now uh, instead of how he was um, as far as pure muscle. So that, that's so much that could be done. I'm quite sure he's able to move a lot better and, you know, take some more spots. And, and he could even go down to NXT and just start causing havoc. He could be that guy that, really wants to stick it to Triple H, so he's doing run-ins starting at NXT and kind of follow the storyline of uh, WWE 2K19 when you do your My Career and choose to do some run-ins and get on Triple H's bad side, and that evolves into a match. You could live that out and still hype the game up at the same time. So that could be a win-win for both segments right there. I say it every week. And I'm going to no, say, man, do not say it. Do not say it. Do not say it. It's got to be said. You need to get an email from WWE Creative. We need you to sit at this desk and just write. Because as once again, as you're saying it, I'm envisioning it. I'm seeing it. I'm like, okay, I got that. <sighs> Boy. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, yeah. It would be exciting. Speaking of exciting, they need to also tap into how over Rusev is. Uh, that the whole thing with uh, him and Aiden English and, and Aiden coming down, they need to have that culminate. But more importantly than that, 
um, Rusev is over. He, he's ready to get a belt back. That U.S. title yes. needs to come off of uh, Shinsuke, or Rusev needs to get the world championship. It's it, it's time. Uh, he's that over, with or without Aiden English yelling Rusev Day. He's that over. He's almost <laughs> CM Punkish over. If you if you think about it, where they would just chant as soon as the music hits, CM Punk, CM Punk. I mean, as soon as you hear the the opening moment of his song Rusev Day is just ridiculously over and again if you got Lana is the best Lana number one which got over from Ride Along <laughs> you know and everybody is chanting that from Ride Along a, 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 a side show that is you know outside of kayfabe is just a side show and you're that over that you got that and you can parlay that to Lana uh, Day t-shirts. That's the mm-hmm. Speaking of t-shirts, I forgot to mention, um, did you pay attention and see that Triple H is wearing a new Evolution t-shirt? No, I did not. I'm going to have to go back and see yeah, that. He didn't have it open and stuff, but it, I was like, okay, I got it. New way to sell some more t-shirts too. Good job, Trips. <laughs> so there's a new Evolution t-shirt out there. Keep an eye out on that for the sales. I'm quite sure they'll do an Evolution T-shirt sale or something like that. Even though one day they just got finished on, which was buy one shirt, get another one for a dollar. Sick. So keep an eye on that. But yeah, um, there's an Evolution T-shirt out there. And then we talked about the cutting edge, which Becky, Becky, Becky is another one that is disgustingly due and is amazingly over. Um, I mean, they, they're marking out for her like she is the queen <laughs> and nothing against Charlotte by saying that, but I'm talking like the queen of England queen, Becky, awesome freaking job. Edge did his job playing the, the, the quintessential Shawn Michaels uh, leading into WrestleMania selling the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. He did his job. The moral yep. And the parallel, like he mentioned was already there, but Becky just took it and went beyond the parallel. And, and did what Edge really wasn't able to transcend into as a heel, um, like on an Eddie Guerrero level or a Dolph Ziggler level or a CM Punk level. You know, Edge was there, but he just never had a chance, you know, probably due to the neck injury and longevity, been able to cross over to that next stage of, of uber heel. And I think that's what Becky went into and I think that's also Edge did the honors of allowing her or helping her to catapult off of his success into that through that uh that segment because when she started talking about how she's the shit basically <laughs> Charlotte came down and it overshadowed Charlotte anything. The spear and all that stuff and Charlotte beating down Bex and trying to take her down, it didn't matter because Becky was so commanding as a heel in that moment. It really didn't matter what Charlotte did. She has the title. Edge, I mean, rightfully so, because he couldn't take risk taking a bump or anything like that, was standing in the back and all the agents with Finley and all that stuff were coming out, you know, to break them up. And it was, you know, the normal fight scene in the WWE, which you separating people that you really aren't able to separate somehow and they end up running on each other. Don't know how that happens when you got 15 people out there, but you know, 
that's how that went. But Becky was just, man, she killed it. Mission accomplished, Becky Lynch. Huh? The uh, next match, the Ball versus the New Day. Mm. Mm. When I tell you, my list of disappointments, that's on my list Come of disappointments. On, man. You can't call a big show in. Yes, you can. Right, yes, you can. That's cheating. That is not cheating. You call- that when- is not expected. That's what that is. I'm at a loss for words right now because when I when I watched it, I said, "Oh, Big Show! Wow, he 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 really looks good." And when he picked up Kofi, I said, "Oh Lord, I know that look." He choke slam Kofi. Oh Lord, Kofi just went through the Did tape. You see the choke slam though? That was the old school giant lift up and push down, not the the hold and and guide down almost to the mat. Kofi took that. Kofi yes. took that. And like, oh my God. And not only that. Now, mind you, I love the ball. And one of our faithful listeners, King 04 on uh right here on Anchor, my man D'Angelo, we are we call ourselves the ball because we are the standard by which excellence is measured at work. We're the two best. So we call ourselves the ball. So you know I love the ball. But the disrespect, the disrespecting of the pancakes pissed me off. No, man. Let me tell you why I was happy with that segment. And I agree with you, pancakes. Really, I want to know, what the hell are they doing with the pancakes? Like, how do you take that home as a, a souvenir? You know, I got a pancake from New Day. And what are you going to do with it exactly? Because you really don't want to eat it. You going to freeze dry it and then get them to sign it at, at Fan Access or WrestleMania? How does that work? But I don't know. That's just a side thought. But what really got me excited is this has the potential to make Big E look good again. Not, you know, dancing around Big E, but go back to Big E Langston, where he was the NXT champion and he was a beast, you know, when he had AJ Lee coming out with him and stuff like that, because he's got somebody to play off of and to really be. The big little man, <laughs> since he's shorter than the big show, you know, and, and be that menacing force. And then they can have matches against each other. But what really also stood out to me was can you imagine the big show involved in a Freebird rules environment? Yes. And the reason why I say yes, because I know show's time as an active wrestler is coming, is winding down. But, like you said, and I said it a couple weeks ago, for Big E to be that that guy, that big man wrestler that he was, he once was, I see a few, you know, you already got your feud between the New Day and the Bar, but your sub feud will be Big Show, Big E. Mm-hmm. Big Show will put Big E over. And it won't break up the New Day, but it will put Big, big E into a position where he's considered a top singles wrestler where he will go from a mid-card singles wrestler to a main event status because he'll be just, you know, that hell-bent on destroying the big show. And the next thing you know, he's going to destroy the whole roster with Xavier Woods and Kofi right with him. I think it's going to be the other way. I think Cho has the potential to do the honors and make Big E 
Big E. And in order for that to happen, it could culminate with Big E beating show one-on-one, picking show up on his shoulders and dropping him. One, two, three. Then Big E becomes, wait a minute, did y'all just see what I did to the big show? What the heck I need you pancake fools for? I'm Big E. New day is breaking up. Mmm. My heart. My chest. I can't take it. I can't breathe. Then you start having even more cracks because um, now it's just a tag team, true tag team of two people. And they're losing. And then Big E's like champion. Like, Kofi, what are you doing? And just when Kofi's like, well, well, maybe you and I could, Big E like drops him. No, I don't need you, dog. You know, or injures Kofi or something like that, quote unquote. Somebody takes a vacation or goes to make a movie, which we need a, uh, you know, somebody with a little bit of extra melanin in their skin doing a WWE film. Hint, hint. Um, WWE Studios, we need some black people in some movies again. Uh, as a lead, can y'all make that happen? Just saying. Austin Creed, I think he's earned his, his, his stripes to be able to be in uh, a movie that does not involve Paige. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. They're going to hear that and it's going to be up, up, down, down on my face. Oh, oh but so much, man, that was messed up. No, man. No, that is not the new day I was looking for. (laughs) Probably no longer going to be on this podcast after that. (laughs) Uh, Do not tag uh, Pound New Day or anything like that (laughs) or or Austin Creed to be hearing that. I'm not getting in trouble. He's a married man and a really cool dude uh, from what I hear. But you know, the implosion of the New Day would make for some awesome TV that would supersede what's happening with The Shield and anything else. And that would make, uh, like I said, uh, Biggie. Kofi is, is, you know, longevity. He's vested. And that would give um, Xavier Woods the opportunity to branch out a little bit and to face the Shinsuke and to face an AJ and to be able to have those moments and still be himself, not go back to where he was with the dancing and all that when he was debuting with Truth, but, you know, to, to just have a little bit of a singles run and see what may happen. And down the road, you can bring the New Day back together through some divine magic and, and some, some vignettes of, you know, like a fortune teller talking about, I see the power of the pancake. Um, you know, they could be an IHOP showing up at the same time, looking at each other, sitting in different places. You could play up on it. And then a crowd could really start building into it. And then it'd be a slow new day rock. And they would stop. You know, nobody want to hear that crap. Then eventually they would start to almost clap, you know, in different segments, you know, when they're in their matches. And then eventually it just happens. And one of them runs in and saves the other. And the next thing you know, the other one runs in. And then they're, they're just – or at a Warrior Rumble or something. And, you know, you could do it. But it would be a long, year-long breakup. And then they would get back together type of thing. But – that's what I would like to see. Well, you know what? That that could also mean Jay Lethal comes over mm. and we got Lethal Consequences. Like my teeth. Mm-hmm. Oh, please sign him. Please, we while got players it. still alive. Can we relive that moment? 
in TNA and WWE. I mean, that could be it. You know, Kofi goes back and to singles competition, but Xavier Woods, all of a sudden he comes back and we have Consequences Creed and we have Lethal Consequences, which was a pretty daggone good tag team in TNA for quite some time. I agree. I agree. So, I mean, there's that, all kind of stuff that could be done. And then the bars intertwine and some of that. So that was cool. But speaking of extra cool, my man, Mr. 619, going up against uh, the Shinsuke for what looks like probably one of the first times ever that they wrestled. Uh, because you could see some uh, incompatibility happening from some of their movements and, and stuff like that, you know, uh, the Hurricane Ranas or uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like Ray was getting his arm and out of his head, and Shinsuke was trying to work into that AAA Mexican Lucha Libre style a little bit more and trying to work that out. So, but I mean, Ray looked good. At the end of the day, Ray looked good. He looked excited. You could tell he was a little nervous coming back. Um, but, I mean, he, he looked really good. And the, the crowd popped. They were happy to see him. Um, we had a couple kids out there that had the Mysterio masks on. And he did the, the, the head touch with that. And I think, you know, that this younger generation, Ray is important. He could be the super ambassador for going forward for the WWE again on a level that he wasn't at before because they weren't that socially active, I guess, on that grander scale yet, if that makes any sense. But, you know, from what he, you know, has always been able to have contact with the kids, you know, that will start coming back and you start seeing that as he's coming more often and, and, and doing more events and then, you know, his, his master selling and, and all that stuff again, you know, just to have that renaissance period of the Attitude Era come back. And he still can go – and he still could be U.S. champion. He still could be world champion. He still could be tag champion. He still can have AJ versus Rey Mysterio, and they would just implode the house. You know, it wouldn't even blow it up. It would just cave in on itself because they just destroyed the foundation by having an amazing match. So I'm so happy that Rey Mysterio is back finally um, setting up his run, which normally spawns after somebody debuts as being the, the main character of the video game, they're intertwined in a WWE storyline. So Ray is finally fulfilling that obligation. And then we'll see what happens from there. Well, <laughs> then the last segment of the night, Jesus. So many people said that was a, the wrong way to end SmackDown 1000. I agree. And that's just three minutes of the Undertaker. I got three words for DX. Rest in peace. And then that was it. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I get it. I got three words for you. I got two words for you. Okay, I get that. But I just, I don't, I don't know. I just, I thought we would get more to Undertaker. I thought we would get Jim Ross. I thought we would get Michael Cole. I thought I would get a little bit more Booker T. Mm-hmm. I got that little small piece of Booker T, and then the King was out there. You got a little small piece of the King, but they overtalked them. Yep. I would have also. I agree. I don't understand that. I thought they were going to have them call a match, but then I'm like, wait a minute. 
why the heck are you fools calling the match and you got these guys here that are supposed to be calling the match? And then we're also, that would have been a great time. I'm hoping he's not on bad terms. What was Taz? And that's another thing. Because at the beginning of the show, when they did the promo and they ran through the videos of the vignettes of all the past accomplishments and things that happened on SmackDown, and I no Jericho either. Um, I thought I heard Taz. I know I heard JR at the beginning. And I was like, okay, I'm getting JR. I thought I heard Michael Cole. It wasn't. And I'm like, I'm just, my ears are just deceiving me because I want to hear these mm-hmm. people. I just I couldn't understand why if this is SmackDown 1000 you're bringing everybody back. You got notable people missing. Like when you did Raw 1000, we got JR. We got the King. Yeah, they should have made it 3 why, hours. Why? As a 3 hour yeah. special, which meant there'd been a 4 hour opportunity for those in attendance because they still would have had 205 live. Uh, afterwards, so to start at seven instead of eight, um, you did two o five live at seven to eight, and then you would have the regular show going after that for the three hours. Because yeah, they, they could have done so much more. I know it's hard to book these opportunities and and stuff like that, but then on the flip side, you have to also think somebody is archiving and counting and tabulating. So hey guys. We are not too far away from the thousandth episode four or five months ago. Let's start making some plans to, to get these things and, and to really do it up. So overall, if I had to rate it, I'd probably give it a A minus. And that's really good considering that there's been a lot of not close to A level shows on Raw and SmackDown uh, more often than not. Like I said, I marked out and I enjoyed it. It was a great nostalgia throwback and, and great flow and, and great segments and, and great opportunities minus the Undertaker segment because he did say rest in peace on Raw so you pretty much just gave us what you said at Raw without Kane but I don't know I mean, they could have they did an overrun or it looked like somebody was going to run out like, D, like DX was going to come out it looked like it was a pause that Taker was having before he exited the ring and they, they cut out, um, you know, it just looked like he was waiting for something. And I don't know if they gave him a clue, like, no, we're not going to go that way or something. I don't know. I, I, I give it a B plus. Really? And the only, only reason why I give it a B plus is because, you know, the thing, you can't give me SmackDown 1000 without giving me the true essence of SmackDown. Yeah, and I'm not talking about SmackDown Live. It's not SmackDown Live 1000. Yeah, SmackDown Live now, but SmackDown travels all the way back. And you, they kept saying, "Well, 19 years, 19 years will show me something. Give me the people from 19 years ago that are still with us. Show me uh, 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 the 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 1999 Thanksgiving episode. Mm, yep. The Rock segment when they asked him about his favorite pie." You got shepherd's pie. Mm-hmm. You got pumpkin pie. Give it to her. And then you got The Rock's favorite, poontang pie. <laughs> right there. Oh, man, the king, I swear, made that whole segment even more than the poontang. Yes. Because he just he yes. went off on that. What kind of pie was that? 
But, but they should have referenced the WWE Network. That was a good chance to really drive people towards the network. And, you know, yeah. say, hey, we've got, you know, all the SmackDown collections where you can realize some of those marquee moments. And I just got finished the other day on uh, lunch break watching the marquee moment of the cage match between Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. And, like, man, they, they tore the house down. Shoot, you know what was even great, crazy commentary to listen to? The first time WWE went to Australia and did an event. The commentary between Michael Cole and Taz, oh, my God. If I didn't feel so uncomfortable listening to that, like, I cannot believe they actually said this on pay-per-view. Oh, my God. I mean, really? <laughs> really? It's like attitude era? Like, yeah, there's no way. All the sponsors would have left in this day and era. Some of the stuff that they were saying, Me Too movement, Everybody Too movement, some kind of movement. I don't know what the hell was going on, but yeah, it had been like, wow. Did they really just say that? That's so freaking awesome. <laughs> that, that's the my only drawback. It, it's just a few things that were missing. Uh, then I started thinking about some things, and I said, damn, that's kind of wild. Booker T really only is a five-time champion. How is that possible? We know how it's possible. <laughs> and I don't know what <laughs> – <laughs> we know how it's possible. We're happy that it happened, but we know how it's possible. Yeah. And if he would have left and spent the, the really the true second half of his career in WWE, then that would have been more. Yeah. But I, it's just know, King of the Ring. I thought worked for him career wise. <laughs> Booker. King Booker. But I, you know, I thought about it, and I said that's kind of funny, but. I don't feel that he was ever given uh, proper due because when Vince bought WCW, he was the champion. Once both brands merged, they stripped him of the title. He was never really allowed to get that title back, and he was the rightful owner of that title. So, yeah. But that that, that wasn't a part of my disappointment. That's just something that came up, and I was just writing things down. Uh. But it's B plus, and the only reason why I was a B plus because I didn't fi- I didn't feel it captured the entire essence of SmackDown for the last nineteen years. But great show overall. I'll still give it a great show, but that last segment. Ugh. Yeah, they 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 could have they left some stuff on the table that they, they could have built on, but it's also not the go home show. So, uh, you know, I get it, but if they would have ended with Taker in a ring, and we've got reports of the after show pop, and that's where things went down, like it used to be in old school, then mm. that may that would have made up for it. But with Taker going out and up the ramp and, and to the exit, then it's like, uh, I don't know what kind of after show pop you would have. Because let's you be know. honest, you don't have to rush off to go to 205 Live. You own the freaking network. Exactly. So you still showing, and there's been a couple of times they're showing what's happening after SmackDown, and then you go into 205 Live. Who are you disappointing? You're just going to set back what the old video that you were just going to show? It's your network. You can do whatever you want to do. But, you know, uh, that, that's. That, that. You begin Monday Night Raw with this is what happened when SmackDown went off the air Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And that's 
And, and you know, you got somebody in the back getting the business. That's how it goes. So that was the, the recap, uh, in our opinion. I know that was a lot going on, but that was a lot <laughs> that happened on Raw and SmackDown with that you couldn't break down in a three items or, you know, a couple quick bullet points. It was a lot uh, of story that was built off of uh, this week heading into Crown Jewel and heading into Evolution. And then we're not too far away, truthfully, about uh, a week away from November, a week and a half away from setting up for Survivor Series. And once we trip over Survivor Series, we're one pay-per-view away from the road to WrestleMania. So we are that close, that close to heading towards the grandest stage of them all. And the, the cameos and appearances from the Rumble and everything else is going to start getting bigger and the storylines are going to start getting more intense. And we're, we're going to really see what's going to be planned out for the new season of WWE programming that will start in April. So biggest mark-out moment, you know, on the top rope for me was Batista. Um, it wasn't a, a moment outside of how good Carmelo looked uh, that stuck out to me than Batista being genuinely nervous, but at the same time speaking his truth, even though it was a work shoot. And, you know, I was like, man, that overshadowed Ronda because he set up for something that was intense. And that could be very intense. What was your biggest markout moment? For the week, Big Show. Really? Seeing him come down and just obliterate Kofi, which, you know, was expected. But him having a hand in the bar winning the uh, SmackDown Tag Championships, I'm just, I'm still kind of disappointed. <laughs> I hear you. But yeah, that, that was my moment there. All right, so normally we would do a one-on-one segment where KG and I would promo against each other, but because of SmackDown 1000 and how much I know he is a mark for Dwayne The Rock Johnson, all I want you to do, and I will, I'm just going to go ahead and pull a, a, a big Kev and just drop to the mat for the one, two, three this week, is the do what The Rock should have done and say what The Rock should have said if he would have showed up in D.C. Um, and his, his opening words would have been what? Okay. Let's, let's see if I can get this right. This is basically a one-on-one finger poke of doom here. Oh, man. Music hits. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? I'm talking old school rock. <laughs> Exactly. The rock says, know your damn role. <laughs> gets in the ring. Finally, the rock has come back to DC. SmackDown 1000, The Rock Show. All you jabronis in the back wouldn't be around if it wasn't for the good old Rock. The Rock has opened plenty of cancer. Whoop ass on Rudy Pooh candy asses. He's dropped a people's elbow. 
He's planted a few rock bottoms sprinkled in here and there. 19 years, 1,000 episodes of The Rock Show. All started because Vince McMahon took a chance on The Rock. And here we stand today, 1,000 episodes deep and still going hard. Then, you know, of course, you're going to have, uh, I, see, right there, I would have, like, a, a Jericho run in, you know, just kind of sort of come in and, because, uh, you know, the statue, he, he, the, the status he had on SmackDown at one point in time, Jericho comes in, you know, he's mouthing off and classic, classic rock fashion. You should know your role. And shut your mouth. <laughs> Don't speak when the rock is speaking. Then, you know, goes into it. Plants Jericho with a rock bottom. Drops a. Mm, I don't think he can get more classic than the, 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 the people's elbow. He dropped on the bulldog in the dress mm, shoes. My favorite one still. <laughs> the slide in. And, yes. And guess what? That was on Smackdown. Yep. So plants Jericho with a rock bottom, drops the people's elbow. Then you get a, if you smell what the rock is cooking, <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> That's a new style rock, you know. Uh, music right there. there you go. <laughs> Total elapsed time. <laughs> More than six minutes, maybe seven. Yeah, you take about Dwayne's five a- minutes of people chanting Rocky. <laughs> yeah. Before he even says anything, and, just five minutes of Rocky. But that's it. It's over. It's done. Mm-hmm. That should have been how it should have ended. Ah, you, you know what? That would have been a great ending. And I would have I been cool with him rock bottom with the Undertaker. Yeah. <sighs> Then you know what? That would that would have threw an, uh, another uh, another log on the fire, I, if 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 I could say that. And next thing you know, you got Undertaker Triple H. Oh, well, we got a little rock sighting. Then we we go back to that old school attitude feud between The Rock and Triple H. Oh, if rock would be the special guest referee. Uh, yeah, but see, no, you know what? Once again, another moment that happened actually on the first SmackDown. Mm-hmm. A little payback from The Rock to Shawn Michaels with when he had Triple H dead to rights, getting ready to drop the people's elbow. Catches the super kick coming off the rope. Triple H gets up, plants him with the pedigree. One, two, three. He grabs his title. Well, I'm sorry. Shawn Michaels yeah, baby, and hands him his title. They walk out the ring. 19 years. Still need that payback. Mm-hmm. And that's where it would come. Mm-hmm. Jeez. What could have been? You know, but, that was some book it uh, stuff right there. We didn't have to cover the segment. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's some hot seat. We covered all that. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's some just awesomeness. A, a lot of you has rubbed off on me, and my mind is working. Like, I could build this up to where Triple H 
you know, you kind of sort of give the, the Undertaker his farewell run. And it's actually truly a farewell run. And, you know, Triple H doesn't have a very good win-loss record at WrestleMania. That's known. And he finally takes the L to the Undertaker. Taker doesn't leave his hat and his coat in the ring this time. He lets everybody know this is it. I'm done. No, he can't do that again. I don't think he can do that. But not. I think I think he'll be. They're talking about a farewell tour, and I think this will be it. But it, it kind of sort of ends there with the Undertaker, but begins again with the Rock and Triple H. Because remember, they feuded in the '90s over the Intercontinental Championship. Then when they became main eventers. They feuded over the WWE Championship, which was the WWF Championship at the time, but they feuded over that. Now, you don't have those uh, other factors where Triple H doesn't have China for very, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, The Rock doesn't have Mark Henry in his corner. So you got these two going at it and then next thing you know throughout the, the course of the year you know you got a bunch of and you know the, the Rock can cut a great promo that's going to draw you in he cuts these promos he can still do his thing um course of the year a couple pay-per-views down the line you know these two go at it again and they just keep going at it for a while and then finally you know the Rock's on part-time status and Triple H either takes a pretty bad beating and takes an L or he goes old school Triple H, pulls out the sledgehammer and gets that win by any means necessary. And then that's it. Triple H is on his, he's off his farewell tour. He's gone back to the front office. Rock's gone back to making more money than the president of the United States and probably all the Congress and he got enough money to air condition hell three times over. And then the young, the youngest step up and take the business to the next level under Triple H's guidance. I like that. But I'm about to blow your mind, man. Are you ready? What you got? Hold ready. on to something. Because I'm about to give you like the Denver nugget. I'm not going to give you a nugget. I'm giving you like some serious you know, charcoal. We're about to make a diamond out of this one. This is how Taker goes on his farewell moment. You don't drop the, the put the hat and the gloves down in the ring. What do you do? What, what would make sense for Undertaker? He's buried. So they're having, this is a vignette, though. Um, he's getting buried. And you see Kane, um, you know, Taker's in a casket. You see him in a casket, and they close the casket. And then Kane is dropping the dirt on Taker. And then after the the... The, the casket and everything is covered in the plot. Then you see Kane do the kneel down and you see an urn and you can kind of like do, you know, almost like a, a ghost thing of Paul Bearer, but, you know, uh, standing right there with the urn. And then next thing you know, the dirt moves. And then Kane wonders what's going on and he digs back up the dirt. And then the casket opens and it's Bray Wyatt in the casket. The eater of worlds <laughs> in the casket. And Bray gets up. I'm here. And then it cuts off. Shit. God. Shit. <laughs> if only they would take suggestions, goddammit. 
Oh my God! Trust me. You know, I I I, I saw you. I didn't see that coming. That that's like we're going straight. I know you told me to make a left, so I'm making this left. But you didn't tell me right around the corner was that. Like I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting something totally different. I was expecting the dirt to move, hand to come up, Undertaker pulls Kane underground, takes him back to hell. So that's that's it for Kane and Undertaker at the same time. That's why what, what I saw. But you just brung. Oh my goodness! I didn't even factor Bray into that. God. That is how, like I said, I, I, I call Bray my Mark guy. So that's how Bray takes the mantle and, you know, gets, it, gets, uh, gets the torch from Taker. And that, I mean, you, can, you can't take any more anointing than that. Can, can, can Bray sustain that for what the Undertaker been doing? This is what, 1990, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, because in my opinion, yeah, because he can do the one thing that Taker – couldn't do consistently, and that's talk. Because mm. Bray can cut those promos that are just so poignant. Taker, you, you know you're going to get the rest in peace, you know, you know you're going to get certain things and the devil and hell and stuff like that and whatever. Paul Bearer was the one that gave you all the substance, you know, and that's where you got all the, the major nuggets from, and Taker just did his part. But if Taker was talking consistently all the time, with the exception of American Badass, because that was just a different style of talking for Taker. That was just Mark Hallis-esque uh, Taker, uh, me, Mark. But, you know, the other versions of Taker, you know, yeah, break and do it. Hands down. And that would, you know, that would send chills. They could do so much with that. And then they're wondering, like, well, what, is, what does Kane think about this? What does Kane think about this? Kane is following behind Bray. And that's how you bring in. And then Bray walks over to SmackDown, and he looks at uh, the Bludgeon Brothers, and they look like they're about to beat, on, beat them down with those uh, sledgehammers and whatever else they want to pick up, the ring steps and, you know, all the stuff that they've been beating people with. And then Bray just looks at them. And then he does like he did before. He drops down and puts his arms out. And then they just drop down and kneel before him. Mm. And they go back over to Raw. And then there's Braun Strowman. And then they just walk by Braun. And Braun just stands back and lets him go. And that's Braun. I don't even want to be a part of it. <laughs> don't take me. And then as Braun's walking up, Bray looks back. And they beat the hell out of Braun Strowman and drag him to the back. And that's how you put Braun Strowman back into the Wyatt family because he's afraid of what Bray Wyatt is. And then the last piece of the puzzle is Bray is doing a promo and he's talking about being broken and how that awakened the sleeping monster inside of him that enabled him to engulf the power and the darkness of the undertaker. And then he spit out something and that something comes out to the ring and it's brother Nero. And that's how you get brother Nero in. And the Wyatt family is just the shit. Bray gets the championship. The bludgeon brothers get the tag title. 
Nero gets the Intercontinental title, and they just killing it. And that's how you bring the Ministry of Darkness back and all that stuff. And then you got to figure out who's going to be the, the head face that's going to go against them. And, you know, you, you could do a lot with that from that point. That would, that would just, man, that'd be that old school Undertaker-esque chill of uh, eerie stuff. You know, that's almost on the level of Stephanie McMahon being dangled up on a, a cross and, you know, you know, those good old days. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We done ran over an hour and 40. Jeez. But I, I'm not ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm giving you. I can't give you any more tonight, man. We'll be like two hours and 40 minutes. You'll be like, man, they always oh. talk long. But it's some good stuff. Yes. Jeez, man. Oh, much. my goodness. One day we'll get it down to 30 minutes. But it was going to have to be a sucky week. <laughs> like, yeah, some stuff aired and it's over. Man, I, 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 geez, but we hit on all points. I can say that. That's number one. Number two, it, we had to, we, we was going to have to do more than an hour anyway. I knew that was coming because we talking SmackDown 1000. Yep. I, I knew that was going to be more than an hour. So I'm just, I, I just looked at the time. I, I hadn't even been looking at the clock. I hadn't been looking at the time. I, I'm still mind blown that you just you took a deck of 52 cards and you just push them together. You laid them out and then you just laid them all in order the way they're supposed to be. And I cannot not see what you just said. I'm 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 going to put it out there. Hey, this needs to happen. So. Pound Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Oh man. I got. I got. I'm sorry. I got to get my head back. <laughs> hey, we are available um, on the Twitter. <laughs> Quite a few podcast outlets. Oh man. <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> you can hear us everywhere. <laughs> God damn it. Oh yeah. And pretty soon a website. There you go. Yes, it is. No, I can't rattle them off like KG, but you can find us at Sideline Junkies. Google it. You will find us. Uh, And that that will help you. Make sure you tweet us if you enjoyed this particular conversation, especially about, you know, the Bray Wyatt moment and everything else we talked about. Uh, Let us know that you're out there listening and we are are talking some good stuff. And if there's something you want us to talk about, let us know because we would love to uh, continue to express our, our love for sports entertainment and wrestling and wrestling. Um, we should do a, a WCW episode, by the way. Uh, that'd be crazy. Take it all the way back to some WCW. You know what? We could do that. And uh tell you this. BJ has been dipping a toe in the water. We go back to WCW. I think he'll dive head first. Oh, God. So we'll make him promo as Norman Smiley. Like, give us the big wiggle. <laughs> <laughs> give us the big wiggle. <laughs> Depending on what we get this week, I think that's that might be that might be the idea. That might be something right there. No, no, we gotta remember we gotta do the go home show for uh, Evolution. Yeah, that is true. We kind of shackled by the women this week, which is perfectly fine. Yeah, and I got no problem with it whatsoever. 
Oh, well, we're going to jump on about his sideline junkies. We'll be back tomorrow morning. NFL pregame. Uh, then we'll be back tomorrow evening again for NFL postgame. And, you know, we're going to throw some NBA in there since the season just started. So we got a little bit of something to come with all this week. A lot of things to get into. Yep. And, and as a as an excitement or something to drive people to listen to the podcast tomorrow, I am personally challenging KG to mention the XFL at least five times per uh, pre-show and post-show of all the, um, uh, the the games. So just out of nowhere, it can't be a setup. It just needs to be watch the XFL <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> Right now. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear with uh, Delonte and and Junie and and uh, BJ is like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not even tell. <laughs> well, hopefully they'll listen to the podcast until later on tomorrow. That will kind of ruin it. What's going on? Give him a touch of rap. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> oh man, with that being said. Uh, we out of here for the dawn. I I, I thank you. I, I, every every week we do Happy this, and here. every week it just keeps getting better. Happy to be here. Oh man, it just it, it gets better and better every week. I, I can always say we're that. Crazy and crazy. I mean, we're we're not even polished. We're just crazy. <laughs> yeah, I can agree with that. So everybody that's listening, thank you for giving us an hour and forty five of your time. It's greatly appreciated. And have a great night. Good night. Good night. Sideline Junkies out.